the origins of non-duality is the source itself. That is the real meaning behind the self. It is uncreated. That which is created is already subject to cause and effect. Non-duality became more and more uh, important in the lower densities. In uh, here, subject to the mind, in 3D, the way it, it functions with the two brain lobes, there is, there is a certain polarity, the left and the right, and a certain division. What unifies both polarities of the brain is the third eye center, the midpoint, the unifying point, the point of the infinite. Looking down the present day dryness of non-duality is a philosophical gymnastics. For people who are not awakened to presence, they should not touch it because um, it's not helpful in many ways. If a beginner approaches teachings of the highest paths, it might be very disturbing. Up until these days, up until this century, there has always been lineages. Lineages of spiritual traditions that would be handed down to the successors and initiates. That is a way of preparing someone for the higher teachings. Let's look now at what are the degrees of non-duality. At the very bottom, we have philosophical gymnastics. Many people come to me and say, I've been listening to YouTube of this teacher. I read the book of this and that, and I know it. I get it. I, I must be at non-duality already. And we meet and we check them out and we see that they barely stepped into the first awakening of inner light. And now they're collecting the non-dual philosophies in, in their heads. Philosophical level is the most common these days. Because to be honest, how many people are actually non-dual realization these days. A few hundred people at most on the whole earth. And how many people are reading the books and watching videos of non-duality? A few hundred thousand these days. Maybe a whole million. So if there are only a few hundred of people who actually are awakened to the first step of non-duality, then what are everybody else doing? They're doing the wrong thing. Yes, they should do something else to start with, to be able to get to that point. The second phase of non-duality is 
realizing that it is a path of disidentification. It is a path of self-realization via disidentification from who one is not, and thus going behind the mind and checking what's there. There is a bubble of the mind, you go behind it, who am I, or many other ways to go behind it, and then you check what's behind. Now, if one is, let's say, at home, just reading the books, watching the videos, what is behind? Nothing much. <laughs> because there's no support. There is no higher presence. If one is sitting in the company of a guru, of a teacher, physically or online in the company of a guru and teacher, then doing the same exercise of inquiry is a whole different matter because the company of a teacher or guru is what is behind the mind. That's where the whole difference comes in. That without the company of a teacher, one is sitting and just getting to know, in best case, some peace, mental quietness for a moment, or some space behind the mind, just a momentarily pause of the function of the mind. If one follows the teachings of some of the gurus saying, just be still, but if you are in the presence of that teacher, like Ramana, if you're in the presence of Ramana and he said, be still, that stillness in the presence of Ramana is a big deal. Because that stillness is not just the stillness. It is his presence, his light. The light of the self is present in that stillness. It is not a cessation of thoughts for a moment. It is allowing a person for a moment to pause and be still, but then the light of the self is available, is present via, let's say, Ramana Maharaj. The same way with Papaji, when he was giving satsangs, he would say, stop, stop everything. And when you sit in the satsang, when you sit in front of him, when he says stop, then in that stopping, there is a huge light huge energy, a big consciousness. And that's why when you do your bit to stop, he does his bit to shower you with all that light. And that's how awakenings happen. And now, if we flip the coin and see what people are doing these days, you can hold your breath and expect to be self-realized in that moment. That's not going to work. This is why the teachings are valid, especially the higher level teachings are valid in the presence of a living guru, living teacher, a living light. Those teachings are valid in those moments. 
in the living light itself. Especially with Jnana Yoga, the Advaita Vedanta, the non-duality, that Jnana Yoga is valid in the presence of a teacher. The degrees of Jnana Yoga also follow the same path, the same pattern, we, we may say, as the levels of consciousness. Because you have to have the first awakening, the first spiritual awakening. And if one is, is following the, the buzzwords of non-duality, they will assume that they already are enlightened. Oh, that's it. <laughs> or, or they already are at the non-dual level with the first spiritual awakening. And of course, that's not true. Then it follows sitting in the presence of a teacher. If we follow the, the true Advaita, then we would know that one sits in the presence of a teacher, one stills the mind in the presence of a teacher, one learns how to control oneself, how to be disciplined in a yogic way, how to start controlling the mind, how to start meeting what is here. Inquiry is a meeting, what is here? So it is a way of presence, practicing the presence, inquiry, what is here? When you meet what is here, then you can go behind it, beyond it. If we follow through the degrees of non-duality, we sit in the presence, we have that first awakening. We should not assume that's the final step because it's not, it's the first step of awakening. You can already work with energy. You can be present with energy. Then you inquire, am I the energy only? No. So that's how step by step, one goes behind and one can stay behind the phenomena, whether thoughts, emotions, feelings, or energies, when one has polished up through those phenomena, when you have gained control of most dual energies in presence, you go behind it. This is how transcendence happens. That's how you then reverse, you transcend in that moment, you realize I'm not those energies only, but in that flipping of the coin, which is called self-inquiry, you flip the coin, not only the energy, but then you need the capacity to stay behind that because otherwise it's just a mental exercise. The capacity of transcendence, non-dual transcendence, increases as one progresses on this transcendence of phenomena, of duality. And um, all the cycles are still valid. Life brings you whatever it will bring you. And uh, everything 
is going to happen to you, for you. If you are a hardcore, stuck-headed non-dualist, like some people are these days, they go, go around and negative. I'm not this, I'm not that, there is no this, there is no that, and they suffer. And they create a lot of problems for themselves. Because their capacity is not there yet, as they have made a belief in their head. As capacity increases, all the cycles of life polish up accordingly. And you, you know that. We've, we've talked a lot about that before. The capacity of the real non-duality happens only after the presence level of consciousness. And that's where one is then really able to stay and know oneself and stay in the capacity to be beyond most of dual energies, most of dual objects. That's the first real step of non-dual realization because one can stay and already have polished up to a great degree, the dualities of energies. And then, as we know, follows the further steps, closer and closer, higher and higher to the self, to the divine bliss, divine love, the divine vidya, divine knowledge, in other words. So some call it the Brahman Vidya. Um, and there are many names for the true non-duality, which are only a very few people who have awoken to that level. 